Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Track Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to recap and review uh, Chicago Red Stars 2020 NWSL draft. A lot of good stuff here. Chicago Red Stars made some moves. Uh, Rory Dames did some things as he typically does around the NWSL draft. And there's a lot here to go through and nobody can do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I am here tonight with my friend, homie and colleague, Blair Watkins, AKA the scam originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? Good. I'm uh, kind of sleepy. I stayed up very late last night to watch Coco Goff play Naomi Osaka in Australia, um, which made today a bit of a struggle, but perhaps put me in the right frame of mind to talk about Red Stars. <laughs> There are no better feelings sometimes than sitting in hurt feelings <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> so sad that so many great tennis players are not moving on. Hey, Coco is, though. Coco is, though, so that's a good vibe. Uh, we've had some time to sit with the draft a little bit. We're uh, about a week out from the 2020 draft and everything that went down and transpired on that day. Uh, but I think it's a good idea to maybe sort of walk everybody through into leading up, particularly draft week, right, which took place on a Thursday on the 16th of January, uh, just to sort of refresh everybody and what went down. Uh, just in case, for whatever reason, you out there listening didn't read Claire's recap on the Patreon <laughs> you should subscribe to Sam. <laughs> yeah. And do that. I was going to say, if you were looking for our draft content, it already started, baby. It already happened for y'all. But just in case you're not a fan of reading things and you only are here for the pod, we're going to walk you through some of that. So prior to actual draft weekend, on the previous episode, uh, we kind of went through some of this already, some of the moves that had happened in the offseason. But I just want to highlight some of the, the moves in the offseason that kind of directly uh, tied into the draft. So Mackenzie Doniak arrived to the Red Stars from the Utah Royals and they got uh, the Red Stars natural second round pick for 2021. And then the Red Stars went ahead and acquired the ninth and 18th selections in the, tw- in the 2020 draft from NC Courage. And they sent Chicago went ahead and sent their sixth overall selection to the courage for the 2020 draft. And then there was the big trade for Kaylee Elhai and the Red Stars uh, ended up, trading Katie Naughton and also sending that 18th pick that they received from NC Courage to the Dash as well. So there was definitely some movement before the new year hit uh, revolving some of those picks and then actual draft week hit and you knew there was probably going to be some more movement going on. But a really cool component and really interesting component, we'll just use that word, a very interesting component has come into play obviously this season and particularly for this draft with allocation money. So uh, I know in the previous episode, Claire, we talked, we knew as we were doing that preview, we were like, we're going to publish this preview and uh, some more stuff's probably going to happen. Yes. we And yes. Uh, it wasn't going to be the final thing, even after you hear that episode. And sure enough, the rest of us did not disappoint. But I think, uh, you know, with the, with the concept of the allocation money, we figured there would be additional movement. Right. And there were probably going to be some extra change. Right. But- we figured we figured specifically that that their natural first round pick in the 2020 draft was probably not long for this world. And uh, that ended up being true, but maybe not in the way that we necessarily expected. Exactly. I think the idea of allocation money definitely became one of those things It became, I, I know on the previous episode, we we're like, yeah, allocation money is probably, you know, it's going to be one of these 
added things in Rory Dame's arsenal as he walks into a draft day. And sure enough, that, that really, that really came to life. So uh, during draft week, they made the Red Stars made some movement and they, uh, they made a trade with rain FC and they acquired Red Stars acquired the 24th overall selection. And they also acquired rain FC's natural first round selection in 2021. So they were already heading into draft week, like prepping themselves also for 2021 so that should have probably given us a bit of a clue maybe a hint as to how things were going to go and in exchange there uh reign of c acquired that ninth selection from the red stars in the in the first round there in the 2020 draft and there was finally a historic allocation money move that was made prior to the draft and utah royals people were wondering What's going to be their next move? What's going to happen? Their team with a, you know, maybe a bit of a, you look at them on paper, a bit of a little bit older roster. And how are they going to get themselves involved on draft day? Well, it was rumored that they're probably going to look to make a move with a team with multiple picks. And there was really only a couple of teams, and that was either Sky Blue or the Red Stars. And they went ahead and made a move, a trade with, uh, with the Red Stars for the eighth overall selection in that first round so it was rumored and reported that it would the allocated money that was exchanged here was around 60,000 we I don't think anyone has really confirmed it but it's definitely been rumored and reported on right that was that was reported by um not not confirmed but reported by Meg Linehan at, at the athletic that that was $60,000 that the Red Stars got from Utah so it was a big kind of historic thing in the sense where it's like well we had heard about this concept right of allocation money and i say concept because the concept of when it was introduced was i think the general consensus was people we were kind of excited about it we were kind of like this is a cool thing that's coming into play for the nwsl because it can lead to something beneficial for players it could lead to signings it could lead to you know quote-unquote raises for players that's what a lot i think of people within the you know the followers of nwsl the followers of this league and in particular this club were sort of thinking of right so that was historic in the sense where it's something that was never done before and uh kind of iconic i think that the red stars were one of the two first teams to you know put themselves in a position to make a move for that uh, allocated money. So heading into draft day. Well, yeah, before we get into draft day, I just wanted to say also briefly, I think um, the Utah the Utah trade was kind of the headline one because it, it involved allocation money. But I want to go back and talk about what they did with the rain. Um, Huge. Yeah, just like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so they got, you know, they traded down essentially but didn't trade down at all, actually. They got the exact same value back, um, if not more so. You know, they gave Rain FC the ninth overall pick in the 2020 draft, which clearly, as we saw, you know, it was a precursor to what we saw on draft day, which we'll get to, but they got the Reigns' natural first-round selection in the 2021 draft. And so that put them at, and this will rise as this podcast goes on, that puts them at um, three picks in the 2021 draft that's the reigns in their own and utah's and um so they and and we keep talking about this about how the 2021 draft is going to be incredibly important because of expansion but also just because it's a strong draft and um 
even if we see a mixture probably of some players going to Europe and some players staying in the States, there's going to be a lot of value there. And so, honestly, the rain <laughs> – Chicago absolutely won that trade. Um, Man, yeah. And I don't want to call it a fleece, but – I mean, it's a I mean, nice yeah, it's pretty close. Um, and then, well, it's basically just Chicago building off the strength that they already had, which is that they had already hoarded all of those twenty twenty picks. So it's like value begets value at some point because the way they were able to collect all those first round picks in the twenty twenty draft meant that they're now able to do the same for the twenty twenty one draft, which they can either flip um, for more assets in the future or for players or whatever. So um, absolutely. So any, anyway, so the re- I mean, the reason the rain didn't have a first round pick in this year's draft was because they gave it to Chicago for an international spot. Like it's there's just all this sort of twisty and turny stuff here. But um, of those two things, honestly, to me, the best ones, the, the thing that they did with the rain, simply because we don't know what they're going to do with the allocation money. But um, yeah, anyway, I just I'm looking at it right now and I'm just like that's no I agree and you're right to like highlight it because it's it's honestly it's weighted differently it's weighted differently because of the allocation money that could potentially come into play in the future you know and it's weighted differently because of the concept of expansion that's going to happen next year at the very least we know there's going to be one team one team has committed for 2021 so all of that stuff is weighted really differently when you're looking at that particular trade that they made with rain fc and it's just it was just it's hard to believe, but that was just the beginning, right, of additional movement that the Red Stars were going to make for 2021 and this 2020 draft. So for draft day, the Red Stars kicked off their 2020 draft by completely trading themselves out of the first round. So the Red Stars, who were the team that once upon a time had the most first round picks in the 2020 2020 strat ended up trading themselves out completely and I'm laughing because it's just thinking back on it in retrospect you're just kind of like of course of course they did and it was wild to sort of watch that if you were there covering it or if you were watching it via stream it was wild to watch that happen and we already plucked her in terms of the reporting, but Meg Linehan had another uh, really good piece coming out post draft that had her following and highlighting and having access with the uh, Sky Blue and sort of watching them in their draft day. But the Red Stars and Rory Dame specifically have a role within that piece, and they their names pop up and their moves, their movement comes up within that piece of the athletic. So if you want to read that as well, that's some really good stuff. But it just showed how. The movement was just never stopping for the Red Stars and Rory Dames well, and once it, and that it was, came into play. Yeah, yeah. and it was, it was it was crazy too because it nobody knew about it until like it wasn't reported before the draft started <laughs> because it didn't happen until right when the draft started. Right, you were talking about like what Meg what Meg reported. Like we all saw the draft order. <laughs> on the graphic it was we hilarious were just like we were just like ha 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 they got it wrong oh they got it wrong again yeah. ha, ha. and then they were like oh no oh this no is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was so good and that's what i mean where i was just like if you were watching it unfold like live yeah so wild it was like this weird combination of like christmas and fourth of july it was like fireworks and getting gifts it was just like ridiculous so uh they had traded themselves out 
completely in this first round. So they began the draft by Roy Dames and the rest of us acquired the second and third overall selections uh, in, in exchange for their fourth and fifth picks and some allocation money that was, again, rumored and semi-reported out via Twitter at $70,000. And that was amongst, you know, Sky Blue and the Red Star. So there was a shift, right, in the picks. So Chicago went from four and five to two and three. But then the Red Stars went ahead and announced an additional trade uh, where they went ahead and acquired the 15th and 16th overall selection. So they traded those picks to trade down into the second round for 2020 and allocation money from Portland. So they engaged in a trade for their second round pick with the Portland thorns, uh, for allocation money and to trade down into the second round. So then an additional and final trade, which traded them out of the first round completely came with a trade with Orlando. And I had used this word already once, but I definitely think this is the appropriate word to use here. But this, I believe, is the trade that was the fleece. It's insane. Yeah. It's an insane, insane trade to think about when you're, I'm looking at it as well, I wrote it out. But it's just yeah. they went ahead and trade that third pick that they received from Sky Blue. And they engaged in a trade with Orlando Pride. So Rory Dames and the Red Stars acquired from Orlando. They acquired Rachel Hill. A first-round selection in the 2021 NWSL College Draft. The 19th overall selection in this year's 2020 draft. And an additional rumored rumored and reported, again not confirmed, $50,000 in allocation money for the third-round pick in this draft. Yeah, um... Yeah, look... All right, so... Third-round third, third in 26th pick, but right, right, right. still. Um... Looking at this in front of me, this is interesting because I really do think that there were four there were four teams involved in this whole thing. There's Sky Blue, Chicago, Portland, and Orlando. And <laughs> Chicago, Portland, and Sky Blue all really do get something of value out of this. And I'm not sure Orlando does. Um, it's and, definitely and it, a wait and see move. Yeah, and it's because <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting because if 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 the reported allocation numbers are, are true, Chicago doesn't really get anything from the Portland deal. Um, they get the money that they gave to Sky Blue to get the whole thing in motion. Um, and Portland gets what they consider to be a very good player. And Chicago was confident that they could get who they wanted later. Um, but if you're thinking about like winning that trade, I'm not sure anybody wins that trade. I think that's about null. Um, but I think the whole thing was just facilitated in order to do this thing with Orlando (laughs) that is so wildly lopsided that even whatever they gave away to make that happen was worth doing. Again, it's just so watching it happen in real time, right? was just wild. And then hearing this final trade that really just took them out of the first round. It was like a roller coaster, this wild roller coaster of emotions because you're like, whoa, like they went they went up high. Like what are they gonna do with these picks? Are they gonna use these picks to to draft whomever? You know, because at this point everyone was talking about and trying to make their predictions on their draft boards of who was right. going to go. And you you know, it was projected that obviously Sophia Smith was going to go to the Thorns and they had already made a move to put themselves in that first pick. But, you know, you had 
a number of players. You know, Ashley Sanchez was a big player that was talked about. Is she ended up deciding to declare and leave and, you know, leave college early to, to, to go pro. So there were all these kind of like, well, what's going to happen here? So to see the Red Stars sort of go on this roller coaster ride and then all of a sudden just see themselves out of the first round, I think maybe it sort of left some people kind of wondering, like, oh, what does it all mean? It's also very funny, though, because with you, for, for us, or, or probably anyone who's kind of been paying attention over the last couple of years, when everyone was like, it's going to be for Rachel Hill, we were all just like, oh, duh. Yeah. Like, of course. It's for Rachel Hill. Yeah. Like, well, while we're watching all this movement happen, and while the rest of us have traded themselves out, like, what can it be for? Like, what did they get from Orlando? Like, some of us were like, it's going to be Rachel Hill. Yeah. Um, that's, been, that's been, I mean, not in the works, obviously, but just, like, there are obvious connections to Chicago for Rachel Hill, and there have been for yeah. some time. And just to, like, fast forward, again, for people who who aren't, obvi- like, just aren't, maybe that's not a big sign for them, or it's not, they didn't see the writing on the wall for that. For people who aren't aware, I mean. Who are uh, giant nerds like us. Giant nerds like us, basically, who don't eat <laughs> and consume this every yeah. minute of the day. Uh, you know, Rachel Hill is a player who has been on Rory Dame's radar, which is why, again, I think watching the Red Stars go through this first round and see Rory Dames make these moves, it was absolutely, it absolutely echoed the whole concept of like getting, you know, a, you know, the coach getting its player. And this absolutely happened for Rory Dames. And it's, it's, it kind of, I think also showed us where the Red Stars are sort of valuing some things right now in terms of their concept of building their roster and their team. Like they're very clearly valuing the concept of trading for, you know, the idea of like controllable assets and talent, you know, like they want the experience they want. That is a value to them right now. So they mostly specifically want people who like really want to be here. Absolutely. And I think it's important to highlight. I mean, I know Claire, you and I have already, you know, said that we, didn't head out to Baltimore to cover this, but shout out to our, our other colleagues who has gave us the assist yeah. in, in, um, in post-game audio, John Halloran and Kim McCauley were fantastic in getting us access to some, some scrum, uh, shout out to the DJ. It was very difficult to do <laughs> any work there that day. So shout out to our other colleagues who actually did try to do coverage because trying to, uh, decipher and transcribe any of that stuff was ridiculous. Yeah. The it's, detail, I would the say, pump in. Yeah, I would say like what we heard in Rory Dames's audio didn't quite match like him talking about like sky blue. No, he was talking about oh god, it was that four one loss in North Carolina, and he's trying to talk through it last year. I think it was like the Fourth of July game, and yeah. they're just blasting Rihanna blasting behind Rihanna. him. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't quite that level, but it was close. They truly did find love and hope this place, but (laughs) it it was a lot. Oh, this, this is going to be fun for you folks too. I do want to say we, we're going to be talking about probably Roy Dames, uh, uh, reactions to certain things throughout this episode. But I do, I do want to let people know that the following songs were playing in his scrum. Cause I did note that I thought it, I thought it was important to note that, uh, Camila Cabello's Havana was playing. During Rory's <laughs> Rory Dame Scrum, a song that has been adopted by Chicago Local 134 as a as a song and a, and a ballad for Savannah McCaskill, I thought that was important. There was a really interesting sort of mashup of like Petey Pablo's like Freak a Leak. Uh, the DJ also played yes. Mariah Carey Fantasy. Uh-huh. There was the there was the Get Me Bodied extended remix by yes, Beyonce. That I, was the best one. Act that was the best one. You have to imagine Rory Dame speaking. 
candidly and honestly and openly about the draft while these songs are playing. It was amazing. And it closed out with Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. And I just thought that was so appropriate. And I want to make a plea right now to Chicago Local 134 to adopt that song in some way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. really do think that a song by Starship should be owned by the Red Stars supporter group. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Grace because Grace is from Chicago. Like, True. you know, so yeah. y'all should hook up with that. Um, so, but oh, I, the scrum. I mean, Yes. Sorry, I just want, like, sorry, I went on a tangent about no, you're good. the DJ, but the Rory Dames and just tying all this into to Rachel Hill, he was asked about that and he confirmed that yes, Rachel Hill was a player who had been on his radar for months. He confirmed that he had been trying to po- like possibly get Rachel Hill for the last five or six months, which maybe confirms that Back last season, when the Red Stars made their midseason trade, there was more than one player that they were looking at at the time. But it just ended up being that they made the move for Savannah McCaskill. And looking back at it, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have a team at the time that has players like Sam Kerr and Nikki Stanton and Alyssa Motts. And of course, they got feedback from their players, you know, referring to Rachel Hill as a good player, but an even better person. Right. Specifically you know, as, as someone who played with them in Perth. You know, they um, had that experience really. already that Rachel Hill's a type of player that has, a, you know, she, he mentioned the, the athleticism and, you know, her dynamic ability, that the fact that she can score in the NWSL and that she can score in W League, you know, that it's it was something that they were impressed with and that they wanted to roll the dice on versus rolling the dice on, you know, a potential first year young player. Right where a lot of times it's difficult to sort of find themselves on the end of a, you know, scoring opportunities, you know, when you're in the big league, so to speak. So yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. I think, um, and I, I said this in, in my draft recap, which is that it's obvious that, I mean, Chicago has a need that they've never had to quite fill before because for the, you know, for about as long as they've been an NWSL team, they've had one star striker, um, and it does seem like the philosophy for Rory right now is, um, you know, you could go for, like, potential talent uh, that is truly untested, or you could go for some talent that is tested and that you've seen some things against the people that they're literally going to be playing against this season um, and learn how – and you think you can coach them into hitting that next level. Um, and I, I think that's really interesting, actually. Um, I think to a certain extent, it kind of, <laughs> from the outside, it looks a little bit just like throw a bunch of people in and see what sticks. But I think it's a very specific tactic of we could have, I'm sure they could have just drafted some talent, right, with the picks that they had. Um, but Mackenzie Doniak has won an NWSL championship before. Rachel Hill has scored goals in the NWSL. Kalia Ojai for a while you know, was one of the scoring leaders of the NWSL. And so um, they would rather take a chance on those people who have proven themselves to be quality professionals as well as players um, than have to bring someone really green up to speed. And I'm fascinated to see how that works out. Um, Absolutely. I agree. And I think it's important. And again, Dames also noted this in his post-game scrub that, you know, similar to Ojai, uh, Rachel Hill re- wanted to come to Chicago. It was something that she talked about with her agent that she spoke about specifically with Orlando. 
and if there that there was a if there was a preference and if she was to be traded that Chicago was a place she wanted to be so I think the concept of and the idea of wanting players who want to be in Chicago and be part of the team and contribute to the culture that they've established is probably you know even bigger or as big as their potential ceilings that they want to reach in this club so uh while the red stars went ahead and traded out of the first round and people are kind of like well you had all those picks and like how did you not get a player i think what we're ultimately trying to say is they did get a player they got rachel hill yeah and and i think also now i want to talk a little bit about the other parts of that trade um one being obviously they got another first round 2021 draft pick so that's four so that's four out of you know we don't know how many picks they're going to be could be 10 could be 12 we're not sure but um it's a lot and all of those are um at this moment natural draft picks so someone like you know if Orlando struggles this year again that could be pretty high if the rain struggle that could be pretty high if Utah struggles that could be pretty high so um that's just another thing. And then, yeah, if you think about the allocation money on top of that, um, and Rory, I mean, we we should maybe talk about, this may be a good spot to talk about the allocation money a little bit. Um, we don't know what it's going to be used for, uh, who or what or why. <laughs> um, those numbers aren't public, and there, there are reasons for that. Um, some good, some I'm worried about a little bit. Uh, and But what Rory said after you know in his scrum which i think i think all of which is true is they don't not just expansion but if you think about chicago right now they have four players on who are allocated by the united states um some of you know some of whom might not be even this year that they might lose allocation. And I think, you know, I don't know if all fans know this, but there's a stipulation in those players' contracts that when they lose United States allocation, they have to be supported by their clubs, I think somewhere around 75% of what that was. That is a huge jump in a financial burden for a club. Um, And so if you have someone who loses U.S. allocation, and Chicago desperately wants to keep them, they have to have the allocation money to spend on that. Um, Houston almost lost Jane Campbell for that last, you know, last year or two years ago. Um, and, and so there's that issue. There's also the issue of, you know, is there a player out there that's worth losing your core to expansion? Um, and I think to a certain extent, Chicago would say no. And I, you know, I, Obviously, there are a million different ways you can prepare for the future, but I fully respect um, what Chicago is doing because I think you also saw at the draft someone like Paul Riley is a little bit resigned to losing a member of his core to expansion. Um, And what he's doing instead is drafting to replace that player already. Um, So there's just a lot of different ways to do this. And uh, I I, I think I understand why Rory is doing it the way that he is. Yeah, after having some time to, like I said, I think it's good that we were able to get together now and do this and have some time to process it and sort of analyze the trades and what they can mean. It definitely, uh, I feel like the Red Star sort of came away, especially out of that first round, sort of walking away very accomplished and satisfied with how they worked uh, their draft day. Because as they took care of 
so many different things uh, within that first round, it allowed them to just move forward and make their picks because <laughs> there were still actual picks that needed to be made. So they made some moves for money. They made some moves for an experienced player. They made some moves for 2021. And I think that was all pretty symbolic of who the Red Stars are and in particular how Rory Dames uh, tends to work his drafts. And they went ahead and I think with their picks, we're just going to go through them really quickly. Um, in the second round, they had those those two picks that they ended up sort of trading down into. And they went ahead and they uh, chose a few defenders. They took uh, 15th, at the 15th uh, slot, they took uh, Julia Binning from uh, USC. And they took uh, Cameron Bogowski uh, right behind her. So they took what they considered the best uh, outside packs on the board at that moment. And uh, I think once we saw those picks, you just sort of felt like those are probably some picks for depth reasons. We don't know if these particular players are going to earn contracts or, um, you know, be able to be those type of starters, you know, come opening dates. We've already said on multiple episodes specifically this previous episode that you know it's difficult uh to break through for for rookies to go ahead and break through and, and earn those contracts that you know that's part of what we praise maria sanchez for you know when she earned her contract coming out right. of preseason but i think with these particular picks it, it definitely felt like uh potentially preparing for the concept of depth because while we're talking about u.s players and um allocated players and stuff like that you know the olympics are coming up uh, this summer. So uh, Red Stars are kind of in a position where they're not too sure if they could be losing somewhere from one to potentially three players, you know, uh, specifically defensive type starter type of players. So these two picks for me sort of held that vibe. And I know me and you, we were definitely hitting people up with, with the takes <laughs> on Twitter. And I know once they made the pick for for Bogowski, I believe. So you were like, you're like, that's a yeah. that's the Chicago Red Well, Sox. okay, so like, so the yeah. person, so I want everyone to know that Sandra Sandra is the first person who I think it was the night before the draft. Yeah, we all were the all new names came this. up. She she like powers into the group chat and is just like, I'm just looking for all of the Chicago Land players with the last name of Ski. Yeah, and I'm just like. <laughs> And I was like, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah. she nailed it. She was 100% correct. And we uh, we both agreed that Cameron Biagaski um, was the absolutely, I mean, that's the name of a Chicago Red Star. And we were actually worried that she wouldn't still be on the board. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't think she's going to drop that far. Right. And it just turned out that everyone took forwards in the first round. So everybody being fine. Nobody likes defense. except Yeah. The <laughs> Clearly. Um, but yeah, no, I, both picks are great. Um, exactly what Chicago needs. I think that Chicago will be signing one of those two, at least one of those two outside backs, regardless of what happens in the Olympics, just because they need it with Brooke Elby um, retiring and uh, Aaron Wright out with uh, as, you know, pregnancy. Um, I will say that one thing. <laughs> One thing I really liked, so so John Halloran got – he talked to Julia Bingham briefly. At, she was at the draft, and then he talked to her after she was picked. And um, she <laughs> – there, there's she came off as just a delightfully competitive person. I think she was asked about, like, one of the – you know, where her work ethic comes from and stuff. And, and she said uh, – she actually – she called out. She said, 
when I came to USC, uh, Kayla Mills was their starting outside back, and she had won Defender of the Year the year prior, and I stole her job, and I never gave it back. Yeah. And I was like, she was yeah. very, She was very <laughs> proud of that. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. That's yeah. exactly why Rory Dames drafted you. Yeah. Um, I loved that. It's great. That's absolutely the person you want coming into a team. I'm going to win a spot, and I'm not going to give it back. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, also, I think – I also really liked in her sort of post-game scrum there – was when she got asked about the Red Stars and like what her like opinions and her view and her perspective of the team. And she just sort of said, they're awesome. She was like, they're awesome. And I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one right there. That's a good egg. I said, you're right. They are awesome. Um, Saying all the right things, Julia. Yeah, it was, it was dope. Uh, Shout out to, to, to Bingham and and Bigelski going back to back there. And that second round, uh, what I say, Chicago's got a couple of skis now. We do with a pair of skis. Pair of skis with yeah. uh, Zoe Garowski and Cameron Bigowski. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what the what preseason looks like uh, with them in there. But for third round, moving moving forward, uh, the Red Stars went ahead and made a pick for defender midfielder. Uh, we, you and I, I think once this pick happened, we were pretty excited about it as well. Uh, Zoe Morris from uh, University of Virginia, another who on the squad. And uh, got good height to her and uh, really feeling like her in a role that you and I were both sort of stuck on in the previous episode, which I constantly kept referring to as a shit kicker. Yeah. I think, I think she's got some good shit kicking potential there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we pegged her as, um, yeah, so she's someone that, uh, again, this is, stayed up way too late last night. Um, so Zoe Morse is a player that can play both defensive midfielder and center back um which is the kind of player obviously that Rory Dames likes the best player on his team can play both defensive midfielder and center back um and so she's someone that I think is going to end up I would say you know I I would also say that I think Zoe Morris has a real shot at making the roster um because of her versatility I think she can slot in where she's needed whether it's due to injury or international duty or whatever um, and Rory actually compared her to Katie Naughton a couple of times, which I thought was really interesting. Um, said that, <laughs> man, he, he wasn't mincing words. He says he was, she's like Katie Naughton, but maybe a little bit better on the ball. Um, yeah. and, no. and <laughs> so I was, I was like, honest. all right. <laughs> you can yeah. Honest quote from Rory Dames. Yeah, no, I, I thought that wasn't, that's important to know that in that post, in that post, uh, scrum there, when he got asked about it, you know, he mentioned that, you know, she could be a four or five and a six, you know, right. then making and sort of like correlating that to a player like Naughton for people to sort of get their perspective on it. Um, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. So another player I think, thought it was a smart that, pick. Right. Yep. Thought it was a smart pick. Thought it again, it fulfilled one of those areas that they need some depth in. Um, another player, I think that we're both excited about to potentially take a look at uh, in preseason and uh, see what you can do. And like I said, another who on the team. Yeah. Him. That's cool. One, one little thing before we get to the, the last two picks. I also just want to say that I'm sure also, so there was no expansion. Um, as far as we know, um, the coaching staff of Craig Harrington, Gary Kernin, and, and Rory is, is intact for next year. I have to think they're really confident that they can – develop these players quickly that's like that's a very that's a very strong coaching squad um 
in a way that I'm not sure people fully realize. And so um, part of these picks where it's like, yes, Chicago didn't go for anybody who was like, you know, blowing things up in, in the college cup or whatever. But part of that is them trusting themselves as a coaching team and understanding that they can get these players working in the system quickly. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I like that so many of these picks, I think particularly, I mean, we haven't gotten to this, to some of these other, there's another player that I think in the fourth round that we're going to talk about. Yeah. We're excited about her too. Yes. Um, but I think there's a good combination within all these five picks that they made, that there's a good combination of potential ready to slot in playing time. And there's some really good, like, there's high ceilings there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So within within all of these uh, players, so uh, it's good to see that this coaching staff is pretty unified. It looks like they're just sort of in the belief that they can really sort of bring these players up to speed, and in the event that they need to get these players where they got to get. So um, for to round out the the third round there for the Red Stars with the twenty fourth overall pick, they went ahead. And uh, they selected Ella Stevens out of uh, Duke University, uh, midfielder. Uh, I think one of those players in particular where I was just talking about with potential for, for a high ceiling, right? Um, Going to see what she could do in terms of preseason and how she could sort of compete, maybe push other players. I believe that's in post-game uh, or in a post game, post draft. <laughs> yeah, I'm already ready. Yeah, it's post game. The draft, the draft's a game. The draft's a yeah, game. It's post draft scrum. Yeah, post draft yeah. scrum for Rory. He he mentioned that 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 was a big thing for some of these players that he's drafting in. That they want to see these players, if not for nothing, put them in positions to where they can push and motivate and challenge and compete with their veteran players and push their veterans to different areas as well. So Ella Stevens, I think was a interesting selection at this point as well. Yeah. I mean, the way he described her, I mean, at her best is a very, I think Vanessa Di Bernardo type player. Mm-hmm. He says she's a line breaker. She can, she we can love- break line. She's a passer at heart. Love um, a connector. We yep, love a connector. She, exactly. She's a connector. And um, he, he admitted that um, she is someone that, is going to maybe her adjustment to the speed and everyone talks about how much faster the NWSL is in the college game. That's not like telling secrets, but um, she's probably going to have to make a speed adjustment, but at her best, she's that kind of a passer. For the fourth round, we're excited about this player with the 35th pick overall. So you're talking what second to last pick. That's the, yeah, that's their natural fourth <laughs> round pick. Yeah, Natural fourth round pick for the red stars. 35th pick overall. Out of Yale, they took uh, I, I want I keep wanting to say Chavarin, but, <laughs> and it could be man, she's gonna. I mean, correct you don't me. know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna know till I know. Don't worry, I'm gonna ask and find out. But I'm gonna go with what the cue cards were saying. But they chose uh, Ariel Chevarin out of Yale, uh, defender listed as a defender, but everybody's praising this player for her versatility. And my favorite thing about this player. Is that she's a basketball player. She's a baller. She's baller, baller's live, and she is coming to Chicago. Oh, God, I know. I, I love basketball and a team that plays soccer like a basketball Like a basketball team. Yes, this is – I love this pick. I love this pick for a couple of reasons. One being um, she – 
you can just tell immediately, like, Google her. She's so cool. Um, you watch her highlight reel, like, yeah, she's a defender, whatever. You watch her goal-scoring reel, she just, like, does not quit. She was First. a monster in the Ivy League. Um, and she also, I mean, it's also just great because I think, I'm not sure she thought she was going to get drafted. <laughs> um and so it's so exciting to see a player who is such a capable human being um, get that shot. And I w- I'm so happy she's getting that shot with Chicago. And and I think I said this when she was drafted. I was just like, oh, God, I'm so excited. I hope I get to talk to her. Like, I'm so excited to get to talk to her someday. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think, uh, yeah, love basketball, <laughs> love basketball players. Really excited to see what she can bring and who she can maybe sort of challenge and compete with and see what she could do on the pitch uh it's really really dope I, I i have to say i feel good about the draft claire if you had to give this particular red stars draft a grade what would you grade it um oh that's a really good question i <laughs> oh no talking about the day now i'm talking about i know not talking about these players like any specific no, I know. talking about the day overall yeah it's really good it is like it, it was a good draft probably not their all-time greatest draft day but that's a very high bar to clear um i the only thing i would say is i would give it a grade i'd give it an incomplete i don't know what they're doing with that money <laughs> yeah fair totally fair uh but good it, it's a good draft day every single player is going to be a contributor um, it also just goes to show that it was a very strong draft, really strong draft this year. Um, and every pick made sense. And I, yeah, I am really excited to, uh, welcome these players to the family. Yeah, we're same. Uh, don't disagree with you about the incomplete. Let's just say that there's potential for it to be a really high grade. Yeah. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing what that looks like folks. We're going to conclude this episode, so that means we're probably not going to see you guys for a little bit. The schedule has not been released yet, but it probably will be sometime soon. And by soon, I mean maybe within the next month. Oh, also also maybe I think we should tell you guys that uh, Sandra and I have decided that the Olympics are fake. So we're probably not going to be talking about them a lot. Yeah, Um, if you're into... Olympic qualifiers. Good. Yeah. For you. I support your choice. Yeah. And uh, I just ask that you, you know, support mine. Maybe not something that I want to do. I still got feelings about Mexico and where they're at right now. Yeah. Uh, also, CONCACAF isn't doing a great job of letting everybody know when and how and where they can watch. I think no. people are assuming that they can do so via stream, like on their YouTube channel and stuff like that. So uh, that's sad because we'll see what happens when Christine Sinclair potentially makes history uh, yeah. a much bigger deal and it's not. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, don't, ex- unfortunately we're probably not going to be doing any, uh, not a lot of Olympic it's stuff hard for yeah. qualifiers and uh, stuff like that. So, but I will say this. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but uh, I think I've realized that I really enjoy uh, writing my thoughts down for the patreon so i i think i might do that so <laughs> there's gonna be stuff i think between now and, and the next time there's chicago red stars things to talk about but um we just don't know until we know yeah in terms of the podcast content 
you know, we like to be a sort of, you know, preview, recap, review type of show for you guys, um, going over the news and stuff like that with you all. So until some really sort of, you know, collective stuff happens, right, we'll produce another episode for you guys. Uh, so we're looking like that might, you know, that could potentially be any future news that happens, you know, breaking down the schedule, stuff like that. Uh, obviously there's going to be some great local events that are going to be taking place within the great city of Chicago. So February is right around the corner and that is going to include some fantastic events from some amazing supporters group. We've got... Chicago Local 134 coming through with a great event. Um, Black Fires, the Chicago, uh, the Chicago Fire um, supporters group is coming out with a Black History Month event. So there's a lot of good stuff happening around Chicago culture in Chicago. It's an exciting, exciting time. And we are just so happy to be here and play a small, small part in it. So some stuff will happen and there will be an episode. Uh, just give us some time to go through some things and then be able to recap all of that with you all. So uh, in the meantime, if you're looking for the takes, if you're looking for the word, Claire, where can people find me? Yeah. You really just got to subscribe to the Patreon. I that's think what's, that's what's I just happen, think that's what you have to do. Um, we're just trying to let you know that. that's Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm saying this cause I would like you to do that, but also just because like, I, I think, I think I'm buckling up to like write some shit for the Patreon this year. Um, Claire just wants to be there for you guys, and I, I want really to be there do. for you guys too. I'm just waiting for the season to start. I'm just keeping yeah. it real. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sandra's keeping it real. Uh, yeah. Um, so this, yeah, we we have a Patreon. Um, if you guys, Trapod. you guys like reading stuff about the Red Stars, yeah, you should subscribe to the Patreon. Yes. Um, Claire wrote also, something very also, dope. Yeah, but I'm also still doing stuff for the Equalizer. Um, yeah, that's been a little bit dormant, you know, in the off season, but that'll be ramping up again soon. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, but I'd really rather you just subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, at Scout Ripley. I don't need more Twitter followers. I really don't. It's the more you get, the the more kind of unfun it gets, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> For being perfectly, perfectly honest. Um, but I'm not going to leave you hanging if you get more followers. If uh, if you want to follow me in my shenanigans, you could do that on Twitter as well. At Sandera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. Um, some personal news. I recently got elected to the NWSL Media Association's Executive Committee. And I have, <laughs> thanks, homie. Shout out to any of my colleagues who nominated. I voted for her and voted for me. That really means uh, a lot, and uh, it's incredibly dope, and uh, incredibly moved and motivated by all that. So I really, really can't wait for the season to get started. Um, super here for shaping and shifting the way we cover and document women's professional soccer uh it's something that has become really important to me and really means a lot and very special so i'm excited about it and uh i can't wait to get to work but honestly guys all bullshit side you should just subscribe to the patreon if you want to continue your support of this podcast you should do that by subscribing to southside chaps patreon you can also continue to support us 
by following us on our social media channels. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can do that at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes. Go ahead and give us a like, rate us, review us. That stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to produce the best Chicago Red Stars content for you guys. So stay real. Continue your support of Southside Trap Podcast. Podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. We'll be back soon.